Chapter Eleven of The Lonely Lady of Grosvenor Square. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Ruhi Huck. The Lonely Lady of Grosvenor Square by Mrs. Henry de la Pasture. Chapter Eleven The Concert on wednesday afternoon jeanne drove round the park as usual until it was time for the duchess to be at home the weather had become suddenly and severely cold so that the place looked almost deserted the icy breath of the east wind swayed the topmost branches of the bare black trees the benches on the frost-bitten paths were whitened over the drooping shrubs hung their shriveled leaves and the scanty grass was hard and crystallized the children of the poor remained prudently away and only the children of the upper classes were sent forth as usual to brave the bitter cold with purple cheeks and little scarlet noses they trotted along wrapped in cloth and velvet sometimes gaitered sometimes with bare little blue legs that had some ado to keep pace with hurrying nurses and governesses jean in the comfortable close carriage shivered in spite of black fox rug and carpeted foot warmer and in spite of the excitement of anticipation which made her cheeks burn but buckham and william on the box each burying a scornful nose in the depths of his broad fur tippet appeared unconscious of the inclemency of the weather frost is pleasant enough when the sun shines brightly over snowy land and glistening bough but jeanne found it depressing indeed in this grey chill atmosphere with a heavy pall of yellow fog visibly suspended above grimly waiting to descend upon london the moment the east wind should cease whistling among the chimney-pots and sink to frozen sleep a long line of carriages was slowly passing before the front door of the duchess of monaghan's house in park lane and miss marney's brougham took its place in the rank with its frightened occupant who descended in her turn and went into the warm and brightly lighted hall and up the staircase which was thronged but not crowded with a goodly number of ladies and a very few gentlemen among the velvets and silks and sables surrounding her jeanne in her plain black jacket and crape toque looked as she was a little alien to fashion and began to wonder rather miserably and nervously why she had come at all as she looked round her in vain for a friendly face but her name or the garbled version of it which must pass muster when a foreign appellation is in question was announced with the others and she found herself shaking hands with with her hostess in her turn her awe of the duchess amounted to terror but her alarm was wasted the duchess smiled at everybody and recognized nobody for she was short-sighted to blindness and her glasses without which she was helpless had become entangled in the ruffles of her mechlin fichu jeanne had happily no time to utter the greetings and explanations which she had composed and rehearsed in the carriage before finding herself seated on a little gilt chair in a row of other little gilt chairs and behind several large picture hats through the chinks of which she ventured to peep and beheld a grand piano a group of palms and a gentleman with long hair clasping a violoncello where was the duke where oh where was kind cousin denise regardless of the fact that the hats and bonnets round her were stationary jeanne's little black tick bobbed up and down in the hope of discovering him 
her efforts were presently rewarded and she beheld him though in the surrounding hum of conversation she could not hear him politely conversing with another long-haired gentleman who was preparing to take his place at the piano as she looked there jumped up and spoke to the duke a young man so like him in face and colouring that jeanne concluded it must be his brother a tall broad-shouldered young man with the same fair hair and straight features but as burly in figure and florid of colouring as cousin denise was slight and pale jeanne suddenly realised as the brothers stood side by side what the duke ought to have been like had it not been for the accident which had spoilt his life it must be his brother she thought and in the warmth of her heart she addressed an interested inquiry on the subject to the lady who occupied the little gilt chair next to her own on the left the lady having paused to overcome her dismayed surprise at being addressed at all by a total stranger answered rather shortly that the young man in question was lord dermot liscarney and turned her right shoulder to jean as a sign that she was not prepared to continue this illicit intercourse thus another lesson found its way home to the timid soul of jean who knew not that although in most civilized countries a stranger in a friend's house is the friend of your friend and consequently your own at least during your sojourn under the same roof yet in england a stranger in such circumstances far from being treated with the extra courtesy due to his solitary position must be solemnly and severely ostracized until the magic words of introduction have been spoken but jeanne was as young in spirit as in appearance and she presently recovered from this rebuff in the excitement incidental to rusticity of beholding a face she recognized in an unknown crowd mrs weller smarter than ever was seated at right angles to her in the middle of another row of gilt chairs and jeanne could not help bestowing upon her a timid but friendly glance which somehow managed to express recognition greeting and apology for past errors in one fleeting smile mrs weller's mechanical head bowed politely before her dormant intellect had time to grasp the fact that this was a person whom she had no intention of admitting to her acquaintance at all but jean happy in the salutation obtained was spared the contemplation of mrs weller's after expression for her attention was attracted elsewhere the violoncello now began its plaintive song and the well-bred crowd was instantly hushed into attentive silence jean's experience of music had been hitherto confined almost entirely to the efforts of the choir at penny one the harmonium played with tormenting inaccuracy by mrs davies and cecilia's remarkable performance upon the pianoforte diversified by variations upon the concertina executed by john evans on saturday nights when uncle roberts could be persuaded to put up with the noise the brilliant exception to these deplorable experiences had been the visits of a strolling welsh harpist to her uncle's farm and the unaccompanied part singing of the men in the village whose souls were musical within them though their voices lacked training and who consequently sang a great deal better without mrs davies and her harmonium than with them thus the music of schumann's traumerie played by a master hand took jean unawares and charmed her into an utter forgetfulness of her surroundings her nervousness and her isolation in the midst of a crowd breathless and entranced she listened the tears dropping unheeded from her brown eyes on to the little black-gloved hands tightly clasped in her lap 
the great cellist playing his little selection of the kinderscenen had no such thrilled and absorbed listener had he known it as that ignorant country maiden in all the musical and cultivated audience resembled before him when it was over she came to herself with a start and dried her tears and looked anxiously around her to see if any one had noticed them but when the audience had applauded the performer with subdued and regulated enthusiasm the hum of conversation was renewed and jean found she might cry at will for her neighbors were far too absorbed in each other to observe her impatiently she awaited the next item on the program a lady sang three german songs one after the other allowing a short pause for encouragement between each but this time though the applause was more enthusiastic jean remained unmoved neither the voice of the singer nor the words of a language she did not understand appealed to her she became conscious that the room was insufferably hot in spite of its size or was it only that she was shaken by her emotion and needed fresh air to recover herself at the end of the third song she heard a voice behind her saying is the duke going to play oh i suppose so was the answer he plays so delightfully quite charming but i hope it will be chopin oh he plays his own compositions sometimes doesn't he aren't they good excellent but i prefer chopin a laugh jean felt indignant on her cousin's account why should chopin be preferred perhaps she understood presently when with a glow of cousinly affection and sympathy she saw the duke mounting the low platform and heard the slight demonstration of polite applause in which poor jean joined with all her might indignant it should be no louder as he took his seat before the piano the long-haired gentleman shut down the music holder and propped open the top of the instrument the duke had no affectations and no mannerisms yet he played brilliantly chopin whispered the lady behind jean and again jean forgot where she was she thought of louise sailing away over far seas bound for the desert of somaliland full of hope and youth and courage this strange new louise of the photograph lean and soldierly in his khaki uniform grown from a merry boy to strong and serious manhood she thought how much she loved him and of the days when they had climbed the penyewan hills together to coedithel and ridden the cart horses to water and hunted in cowsheds haylofts and barns for hens eggs and beaten the orchard trees to shake down the cider apples she thought of the first time he had left home and gone in the care of the headmaster who knew his history and had taken a fancy to him to live at the grammar school at trefcock a little chubby fellow of seven and a half even then determined to get the best education in his power even then master though he knew it not of his stubborn uncle's heart she remembered that she had walked five of the seven miles to town with the boy and the man knowing that she must return alone to coedithel and the master had chanced to be looking another way when the little boy stood on tiptoe for jean was taller than her twin until they reached their teens when he shot up far above her and put his arms round his sister's neck and said wistfully good-bye jenny an embrace which took her so much by surprise for louise was at the age when kisses were displeasing to his manly dignity that she had hardly responded at the time though she wept at night afterwards when she recollected it 
the scene came back to her now with a vividness that surprised herself the long white road by the river the little boy with his dusty boots and cherub face the small figure trotting into the distance by the big man's side and occasionally turning to flutter a grimy little handkerchief louise bravely trudging into the unknown with a heart full of courage and yet always that sweetness of regret for the sister he must leave behind in that long vanished time even as now she was surprised at the force and strength of her imagination until the duke's music died away and her emotions with it and left her pale and quiet realizing that it was chopin after all who had inspired and glorified her tender memories of the past she wished that the concert might last forever and was too much absorbed to notice that here and there were gaps in the audience now where a few of the guests had melted away during the intervals their places sometimes being filled by newcomers and sometimes not thus she did not perceive that the vacant chair on her right had been quietly taken and she started violently as a voice in low tones addressed her by name how do you do cousin jean said the duke he saw immediately the traces of tears on her long black lashes and the perception made his voice especially gentle she instinctively lowered her own clear tones to correspond oh cousin denise i never heard anything like it and you played chopin are you particularly fond of chopin i never heard of him they said it was chopin but i shall always like him now like i what a tame word i shall always wonder at him and love him and reverence him since he wrote music like that i even forgot it was you who were playing i am very glad you forget that he said simply it is nearly all over there is an instrumental quartet and i am afraid that is all ought i to go said jean ingeniously i hope every one will stay for that said the duke politely it was very kind of the duchess to invite me do you think i ought to thank her i am sure it was you who put it into her head she has these little concerts chiefly to please me said the duke she does not care much for music herself and you but i need not ask if you care i am afraid i care too much he said can one care too much but the quartet began and he only smiled at her and said nothing she had no opportunity for thanking the duchess though she waited timidly for some moments trying to do so hovering on the outskirts of the little group who stood talking and laughing round their hostess and who were evidently intimate friends her cousin denise waited at the head of the staircase for her as she made her little efforts to approach his mother and then smiled and made her a gentle sign which she instantly obeyed she followed the downstream and watched his slow progress through the hall and his courteous response to the greetings and compliments from one and another then she heard him order a servant close to the hall door to call her carriage and he came back to her side when may i come and see you again cousin jean said the duke whenever you like said jean happy in the recollection of her sensible uncle's permission then i will come to-morrow said cousin denis with a little bow that half amused and half embarrassed jean at home she found her first letters from louise in somaliland awaiting her and the hopefulness 
and good spirits which inspired the writer immediately communicated themselves to her as she read here we are at last on terra firma the country's open sandy desert not nearly so hot as i expected as there is a strong steady northeast wind always blowing so the nights are cool we have a nice roomy camping ground with good walls and we are all in tents a luxury we enjoy here for the last time as no tents will be taken on the march saturday i rode out and shot a buck there are plenty to be got about six miles inland they are a kind of gazelle and very good eating this morning i wandered along the beautiful sandy beach and watched the great green waves flinging their white names about and felt all the love for the sea which i always experience when i am on shore then followed a spirited description of the ingenuity and handiness of the blue jackets in swimming the horses ashore through the surf which jean only skimmed in her eagerness to arrive at the more personal parts of the letter we are busy working out our transport cheese paring and weighing everything and wondering what we can do without and what if anything we can possibly take five hundred camels arrived yesterday from berbera and some african boys for work and another five hundred are expected on another transport soon they are swum or dragged ashore in the same way as the horses my best chum writes congratulating me on coming here and says what lots of fellows say who have gone home that england is a happy goal in the abstract but a little disappointing in realization he advises me to stick to every bit of active work i can get till i am forty this i am perfectly willing to do but all this wisdom doesn't prevent me from sighing for a glimpse of you my genie and i am a bit impatient to be up and off far from the day we leave obia i shall feel i am trekking towards you and happiness it is really almost as though he had started on the journey home cried jean beaming with joy and oblivious of the long stretches of waterless burning desert yet to be traversed before louise could set sail for england yes ma'am i am glad indeed and when does the young master think to be at home said dunham who now evinced more interest in louise than in any other human creature he says he hopes probably in the early summer so far as can be foreseen oh mrs dunham i have had such a delightful afternoon and now these letters to keep me company all the evening said jean and that reminds me she said nervously that the duke said he would come and see me to-morrow and i wanted to ask you do you think mrs pyke would mind very much if the pictures were uncovered the duke said he would like to see them if it would not be giving too much trouble and if you think mrs pyke would not mind it's you that's mistress here ma'am not pyke i hope said mrs dunham with a sudden access of deference for which jean was at a loss to account and if she's not well enough to see to it and what can be expected at her age i'll speak to the housemaids myself it's time everything in the galleries was uncovered again for poor miss marney always had it done from time to time and since we had the electric light put into the house she used to like to see the saloons all lit up now and then i'll send round to store and warner the furniture people at once said dunham suavely when did you say his grace would be here to-morrow i think about tea-time said jean then i dare say you'll wish tea served in the music-room for a change and the fire's lighted i'll speak to hewitt and to the head housemaid we can easily get it done in time miss jane between us it needed but the approval of dunham to fill the cup of the lonely lady's felicity full to overflowing
End of chapter 11.